Hello, I'm Rabbi Mark Gelman, and welcome to The God Squad, a podcast you can believe in. Today, we're talking about one of the secrets of life, spiritual balancing. Look, the basis of The God Squad is that we know enough about how we're different and not enough about how we're all the same. And one of the ways we are all the same is we are all, all of us, filled with blessings and burdens. And we know it's true. Things that we have in our life that are wonderful and we didn't deserve, and things in our life that are difficult and some of them we didn't deserve either. What's different between us is that some people who do really well in life spiritually are people who have learned how to balance the way they think about their blessings and their burdens. And that is spiritual balancing. So there's many ways to learn about spiritual balancing. Uh, if you are a woman giving birth to a baby and you trained in the breathing technique called Lamaz, where basically you breathe like a doggy and it helps to disconnect in your brain your focus on the pain of birth. And the principle behind it is that your brain can't focus on, on pain and breathing at the same time. So by focusing on breathing, you short-circuit the consciousness of pain. Betty and I tried that, and in the middle of it, we trained for the birth of our first child with Lamaz. And in the middle of it, it, it didn't go quite so well. Betty looked at me, and I said, Betty, okay, now breathe in and out, in and out like a dog. Breathe it. And she said, get out of here. You did this to me. <laughs> and so I don't think we were the model Lamaze uh, clients, but it supposedly works. I didn't learn about spiritual balancing that way, but it is a way. I learned about it from a guy who was uh, fixing holes in our walls as we were remodeling a house. And the plasterer who was doing this had the wonderfully euphonious name Miladin Kaladin. So one day, I, uh, I see him schlepping up the stairs two big five-gallon buckets of uh, spackle compound, they call it in his profession, mud. And I said, Miladin, why are you carrying two buckets up at once? If you just carry one, you have enough for what you need. And he said, yeah, that's true, but if I just carry one, it pulls me off to one side and hurts my back. But if I carry two buckets, I'm balanced. I can carry twice as much mud, and I'm not in pain. And that was my <laughs> plaster theophany. That's where I broke through and understood, yes, yes, that's what it is. Spiritual balancing. And it 
it has a lot more to do with life than it does with plastering walls. But that's how I learned it. Sort of a version of count your blessings. So it begins this way. We all have blessings and burdens. This is the truth of our life. It's how we count them that is the secret to everything. Look, some of our burdens come to us as consequences of bad choices that we've made. In my case, most of those bad choices have to do with donuts. <laughs> and some burdens come because of just bad luck. The same is true of our blessings. Some of our blessings come to us because of good choices we make. In my case, most of those good choices have to do with passing up donuts. And some of our blessings come to us just because of good luck. And that's the way it is. But what is true is that if we just concentrate on one fact of our life, our blessings or our burdens, we become unbalanced. If we only concentrate on our blessings, that's really a good thing. But even there, if we only concentrate on our blessings, then when something bad happens, we can be thrown off. And if we only concentrate on our burdens, and this is very common, particularly for people in grief who have lost someone they love, if that's all they think about, then, then they're thrown off. They're, they're pulled to one side like Maladin carrying plaster up the stairs. We have to think about both of them in equal measure in order to get balanced and to get through tough times and to allow ourselves to accept our blessings without becoming kind of stupid happy so that we're just unprepared for the bumps that happen in every life. So I learned this technique, and I've used it with many people in grief. And surprisingly, it really works. So here's how you do it. If you're depressed, if you're feeling that you're just constantly thinking about the dark side of life, try this. Take a specific and defined period of time. I suggest starting with nothing more than five minutes. And in this set period of time, think only about your burdens. Just think about them. If you want to say them out loud, that's fine. Think about everything that is crappy in your life every way that you are less than you could have been. Everything. Everything that's going wrong. Name these burdens. Feel their dark and dismal weight. Don't flee from them during your fixed time to think about them. And don't worry if they drive you to tears. Then, immediately, and for the same exact period of time, think about your blessings for the next five minutes, the exact time that you were thinking about your burdens. Name your blessings. 
get absolutely clear in your mind all the good things that are still in your life. Feel the joy of your blessings and then feel gratitude for them, thankfulness that these good things are still with you. And that's it. That's spiritual balancing. And what you discover after the second five minutes is that you feel more balanced in your life. You don't feel like your burdens are going to overwhelm you because they're balanced by your awareness that a lot of good is still in your life. So take as much time as you want, (laughs) kvetching, the Yiddish term for basically complaining, just fetch as long as you want, just so long as you force yourself to time your fetches. <laughs> you need a fetch timer. And then you need to put in a, a bracha timer, a, a blessings timer, so that you have the same amount of time thinking about the good in your life. And then every day when you do this, you'll you'll realize that even on our worst days, our blessings exceed our burdens, or they at least balance them. Every day we live, what is lifting us up and sustaining us really is so much stronger and enduring and important than what is bringing us down. Spiritual balancing makes you feel better, more balanced. Makes you ready to go on with your life without a scowl or a chip on your shoulder or an attitude that God has betrayed you or the universe is a lonely, cold, unfeeling place. It isn't the only secret of life, but it's a big one. We'll think about others in other podcasts. Like, don't be afraid and and do what you love. Those are other big secrets of life. I learned about spiritual balancing and helping people in this way. And what I realized is that people who are in grief are still aware that they have blessings. It's just that they're spending all their time thinking about what's going wrong in their life. They become fixated and obsessed with their sufferings. My absolute favorite rabbinic teaching about this teaches the point precisely. The rabbis in the Midrash ask, why was it that some of the people who crossed the Red Sea with Moses in the Exodus argued with Moses and God as soon as they went free on the other side? The answer, those people did not see the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea. Because when they were walking through the middle of the sea, they only looked down, and all they saw was mud. These were the ones who never looked up. They were so consumed by the dangers of the Exodus and their fears that Pharaoh's army would catch them and kill them that they missed the miracle of the Exodus that enfolded them. 
All they needed to do was look up, not look down. And the journey ahead would have become clear, balanced, and easy. So what's described in the legends happens in our life as well. There's days when all we see is mud. Many of us spend far too much time in our limited time here on planet Earth focusing on what's been taken away from us rather than on what has been given to us. Many of us spend our time focusing on what we want rather than on what we already have. Many of us spend our days focusing on how other people have let us down rather than on how other people have lifted us up. We spend way too much time talking about our problems and way too little time realizing and remembering how many problems in our life have already been solved in the midst of miracles. We just spend too much time looking at mud. We are not helped in the task of spiritual balancing by the news media um, that way too often give us an unbalanced and uh, spiritually muddy view of the world. Instead of balancing stories of violence with stories of love, stories of death with stories of life, stories of despair with stories of hope, the news media follows its own focus group, proven maxim, if it bleeds, it leads, into a daily orgy of blood, recrimination, and blame. I think that the spiritual balancing solution to the world of media is to read the paper from the back to the front. I used to, I'm talking about the old guys like me who still remember reading paper newspapers. But if you read it from the back to the front, you start with more positive news and the bad news is at the end. Balanced TV programs that shock and disgust with other programs that inform and enlighten. It's just very hard to become a spiritually balanced person in this world when you are constantly exposed by the media to crud. You know, the last words spoken at the edge of the grave in a Jewish funeral are really the, the mantra of spiritual balancing. Adonai natan v'adonai lakach yehishem adonai mevorach, which means God has given and God has taken away Blessed be the name of the Lord. At the very moment when we could be excused for fixating only upon what God has taken from us, our tradition teaches us to specifically remember and to say in perfect spiritual equipoise that what God has now taken was just what God once gave. Indeed, the Jewish prayer for the dead, the Kaddish, never even mentions the dead. The Kaddish is actually an act of spiritual balancing. Its prayer is filled with 
praises of God. It's all just praises of God. At the moment of burden, we are commanded to recite the longest litany of blessings you could imagine. The Kaddish is the ultimate Jewish answer of how to balance loss with life. You know, people, Jews don't get this. It's too bad because we don't translate the Kaddish, which is unfortunate. We just say it. And it's in Aramaic. People don't even know what it means. In one of our prayers of the standing prayer, the Amida, it's the prayer right before we say the, the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. There's, there's a prayer called the Yotzer prayer. In God's words to the prophet Isaiah, which are included in chapter 45, 7 of Isaiah, Yotzer oravore choshech shalom uvore ra. And it's a very bold teaching by Isaiah. It says, God, you are the one who makes light and creates darkness, who makes peace and creates evil. Very bold to say, God, you are the one who creates evil. But it's true. If you believe in a single God, the good and the evil both come from God. We pray to a spiritually balanced God who makes both day and night both peace and evil. Christianity has this in the the crucifixion and the resurrection. The same God who sent Jesus to be tortured and suffer also lifts up Jesus in the, the resurrection. And in Islam, there's the, the suffering of the Hajj, the journey from Mecca to Medina, Medina to Mecca, and and then the the revelation in in Buddhism, you have the Buddha sitting under the Bodhi tree, and suffering and fasting, and then you you find his his enlightenment comes. So there's always the balance. Our God, in all the major Western faiths, and in the East as well, all religious traditions share this central insight about life. What Immanuel Kant called the antinomies of existence and our attempts to live spiritually balanced lives are the most powerful way I know of showing that we are made in the image of a balanced God. At a wedding, the joy of love in a Jewish wedding is balanced by the loss of crushing a glass at the end of the wedding. So you're happy, but you also lose a glass, sort of a balance at, at at the Passover meal, the Seder. The joy of liberation is balanced by dipping out 10 drops of wine in sad remembrance of the death of the Egyptians in the plagues. The joyous optimism of uh, Sukkot in Judaism is balanced by the pessimistic reading at that holiday of the book of Kohelet of Ecclesiastes. And 
at an unveiling, which is the year dedication of a, of a stone, a memorial stone in a Jewish cemetery, the grief of loss is balanced by the, the custom of eating sweet honey cake and, and drinking uh, a l'chaim, toast of some liquor, even, even in the cemetery. It's the only time in Jewish law you can eat in a cemetery as an unveiling. All this spiritual balancing in my faith in Judaism is intended to teach our basic view of the world, which is the basic view of every religion. It's how we're all the same. And that teaching is this. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems. And nothing is ever as good as it seems. It's not a cynical view of life. It's a balanced view of life. And this teaching is at the heart of every major faith. The most common and most destructive spiritual pathology of our time, in my view, is the idea that God only brings us blessings. And every burden we are forced to bear is just some kind of divine betrayal by a God who is supposed to take care of our every want and every need and supposed to give us lives that are happy, healthy, and free from loss and pain for years and years to come. Where did, I wonder, where did we get this false, misleading, and unbalanced idea? Where, and I ask people sometimes who are ranting at God for some bump in the road they're going through, I asked them, usually, where did you keep the warranty you got from God that every day of your life would be sunny? I never got that paper. I never was offered that deal. In the actual religion of Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, in all, in all of that, we are taught to worship a God who gives and takes, a God who places us in a world of light and darkness, of good and evil. You know, in the creation, God said, let there be light, but God doesn't say, let there be only light. God just divides between the light and the darkness, and that's what we need to do. That's the meaning of that creation. If there's a more important secret to life than spiritual balancing, I don't think I know it. And in the East, I say it. It's the same. Different language, different metaphors, but it's the same teaching. Yin and Yang are the, spirit, are the symbols of spiritual balancing in the I Ching. In Buddhism, the Eightfold Noble Path is the heart of Buddhist teachings, and its purpose is to teach those seeking enlightenment to walk a balanced middle path in their life between the extremes of sensual indulgence and self-mortification. Says the Dalai Lama, the practice of Dharma, real spiritual practice, is in some senses like a voltage stabilizer. The function of the stabilizer is to prevent irregular power surges 
and instead give you a stable, balanced, and constant source of power. So there you have it. The Dalai Lama is a spiritual electrician. (laughs) Spiritual balancing is the only spiritual wisdom I know of that links the religions of the East and the West. Now, spiritual balancing at its highest levels does not merely help us to endure our burdens by setting them off against our blessings. It can actually help us to transform what we think are burdens into blessings. A story is told of an elderly woman and her little grandson who were spending the day at the zoo, and his face was sprinkled with bright freckles, and lots of children were waiting in line to get their cheeks painted by a local artist who was decorating them with tiger paws. Standing in line, a little girl looked at the boy's freckles and said, Oh, you have so many freckles. There's no place for her to paint. Embarrassed, the little boy dropped his head. His grandmother knelt down next to him and said, I love your freckles. When I was a little girl, I always wanted freckles. She said, while tracing her finger across the child's cheek. Freckles are beautiful. The boy looked up at his grandmother and said, really? Of course, said the grandmother. Why, just name me one thing that's prettier than freckles. Little boy thought for a moment, peered intensely into his grandma's face and softly whispered, I think wrinkles are beautiful too, grandma. (laughs) When you can love your wrinkles, it's a sign that you have developed the ability not just to balance your burdens with your blessings, but also to transform your burdens into blessings. You can do a test right now, look in the mirror, and if the wrinkles around your eyes, what they used to call crow's feet, I guess, are, are there, that means you've been smiling your whole life and You've allowed your face to get wrinkled into into a smile wrinkles. And if you look between your eyebrows and there's furrowed brows, you know that you've lived your life worrying and complaining. Your face is, is a teaching about how you've lived your life. Although I will admit Botox has made it more difficult for me to use the wrinkle theory of how you're doing. According to the Jewish mystical tradition of the Makubalim, the only Jew since Moses to whom God revealed all the secrets of life was a man named Shimon Bar Yochai. According to that tradition, Shimon was the author of the greatest Jewish mystical work, the Zohar. And the greatest description of this great man came from his students who said of Shimon Bar Yochai, and this is the most beautiful praise of a teacher I've ever heard. They said of Shimon Bar Yochai, he had one eye that was always crying and one eye that was always smiling. His eyes were in perfect spiritual balance. So, when you are 120 and you have seen the children of your children's children, look up 
Shimon Bar Yochai, when you get to heaven. You will know him by his eyes. And you can ask him to tell you all the secrets you don't know now. I'm Rabbi Mark Gelman. Thanks for listening to The God Squad. The God Squad podcast is a production of the Mark Gelman Institute. I know the guy. And this episode was produced by Matthew Siegel at Silicon Bowery. Until next time, you can find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, and many other fine podcast locations. Love to hear from you at rabbi at godsquadpodcast.com. God bless us, one and all.